All right, we are live with another fantastic interview today on the Friday morning. Happy Friday, guys, for the another episode of the Entrepreneur Speaker Series. And today we have an incredible guest on the show. Uh, we're going to be talking about the franchise fitness industry, or actually the fitness industry, but then franchising it. So for those fitness rebels and boot campers out there this is you're gonna love this episode but before we're gonna dive in i always want to welcome back my co-host angeline waymeyer hey rob thank you so much i know you are far far away out of texas but thank you so much for being here and welcome jesse uh very very it's our honor to have you on the show i'm so glad that you're here thank you so much it's my pleasure to be here so thank you for inviting me yeah absolutely so let, let's let's give a quick background here of today's guest, guys, because uh, this episode you don't want to miss. We're going to talk about scaling, and I think that in 2021, this is a very important topic because while the majority of the world, right, like Angelina mentioned, I'm currently residing in Europe for a little bit until I get back to Texas, but while the rest of the world is talking about decline and and slimming it down, right, Jesse, our guest here today, is actually took uh the business to a, another level by scaling his model and today from a personal trainer in just a few years he scaled his business to multiple locations became a nationwide franchise and with so many more uh locations to come he just shared a little bit with us but jesse is a fitness expert for over 20 years guys that's incredible two decades in the fitness space. And he was recognized for uh, creating better fitness environments. And that's really the specialty. And, and I'm gonna let Jesse talk about that a little bit and how this concept came about. But what I'm excited about to share with you today that in 2021, it is still very, very possible to take the business to and scale it out, branch it out, right? And that's what we're gonna be talking about today. So Jesse, thank you so much for coming on. And I'm gonna pass this over to Angeline to, to dive in, but not before we're gonna take a deep dive in how Jesse James Leva became the person he is today. Yeah, Jesse, you know, when I was at the event, I was so fascinated by your story. So before we start, would you please give our uh, audience a quick background story uh, about you? And I think it's very inspirational. I mean, all the fun stuff that I talked to you about, other than the, uh, the the success we see now, all the painful stuff. Yeah, um, yeah Rob, this is, this is uh, I guess, good. I call this the bottom of the iceberg because everybody sees the top of the iceberg in the ocean. They don't realize all the, all the rough craziness that goes on below the bottom of the ocean that uh, I think allows to have that tip floating above the water. And I think with entrepreneurship and any level of success, and I'm not where I want to be at now, but it's I'm successful now, I could say. I, I feel my heart. Um, it didn't go <laughs> without a lot of pain. And I think most people don't realize the level of pain and commitment that an entrepreneur goes through to get to where you see them at once they're considered successful. Mm -hmm. You know, I I, uh, I would say 14, maybe 15 years ago, I always get corrected by one of my business partners. She knows dates and times. I'm just, it all flies by me. But I think it was about a little over 14 years ago. Um, I didn't have a successful business. I just lost my gym. I spent the better part of uh, the that year going through a separation and a, a rough divorce and, and and just tough time in my life with my 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 previous wife. 
and business was crashing. We were undercapitalized in an old building, 45,000 square feet. And time, everything just hit me. The big gyms opened up and they consumed us. And within a year, I got my truck repoed. I lost my house. I ended up being homeless for a while, living in, in my car uh, for wow. a Volkswagen Jetta. And I'd sleep in that at my grandma's apartment complex without her knowing because I want to stress anybody out. I'd shower at 24 hour fitness. And, and while I lost my gym, I borrowed money from family and friends, thank God. And I put it down on another lease with a friend of mine that had a personal training studio. And we, we split the bills. So I went from 45,000 square feet to a thousand square feet and leased another 2000. And, um, and I, I, I pivoted, I guess you could say 14, 15 years ago, I pivoted and within three or four days I was in our new place and I was still in and out of my car trying to figure my life out. Um, none of my clients knew. So again, I would say I, I would, I would, I would come to work, focus on what I did, and I was still kind of lost. I didn't have the epiphany of, all right, here's a new model. Here's what I'm going to do until about a year into that. And I figured out that I don't need to compete with the box gyms. I don't have that kind of money. I don't have that that availability to me. What I can do is stay in my lane. I was mm -hmm. a top earning personal trainer. Uh, years before that, six figures, when it wasn't un unheard of in personal training, I was killing it at 100, 125, 150,000 a year as a personal trainer. But the problem is it was all staying in the gym to stay keep it running. So I knew I knew what to do with processes, procedures with our personal training. I was fortunate enough to have one of the, my young ladies that I just hired with me. She trusted me and stayed with me. Now as one of my business partners in both my companies. But we just scaled it. We stayed within our, our boundaries, personal training. Let's focus on excellent cleanliness and just detail and systems. And every year we scaled by $150,000, $200,000 in revenue kept climbing and kept climbing. And I want to say five years, six years later, mm. hit the million dollar mark with revenue, which was the first in the industry for personal trainers for a location. It was done here at Flower Mound. Did you so, say that was one location? Yeah, it was one location. I got beat out by a guy that had multiples in California, I believe, uh, but he did 1.5 or 1.6. We did 1.2 million, I believe. Um, and we've been at that 1 million mark ever since and, and growing. Now we're, we're franchising, but it goes to show that sometimes you can't be the master at everything. And I think when we get into business, we try to, let's do this, let's do that. Oh, let's add this source of revenue. Let's sell meals. Hey, let's do this. I tried everything. We had massage therapists. I brought in food. Well, I'm not a massage therapist. I'm, I don't make food. I personal train. So again, after cutting off some of the fat, I was left with that lean flaming yawn and that's what we did best. So, that's kind of, I would say, how I got to where I'm at now. I looked at my mess ups and my all the things I screwed up on and I made sure I didn't repeat them. I put effort and time into what made me successful mm -hmm. and then we just duplicated it and kept growing it. And now we're, we're from a thousand square feet to 7,700 square feet and now we're also franchising. So it's, wow. it's a long road, but what yeah. a timeline, incredible. Yeah. And what I'm hearing from, from your sharing, um, one of my biggest takeaway is stay in your lane. Yeah. Right and, and focus on the things that that you do the best and become own that niche and become the expert in that niche. Yes. Right. Because yeah. I've seen a lot of entrepreneurs like looking for the shiny object. They like, try to do so many things. You're you're hundred percent right. We all every you know we all see it. We see it on YouTube. We see it everywhere. Get rich quick. Try this out. Let's sell house. Let's do this. There's so many different things, and I think you have a lot of people that want to be an entrepreneur 
they don't quite know what they're good at and they don't know their, which is a popular word, their why, they don't know what they're passionate about yet. Mm. But you're right, stay in your lane and I think fine tune your craft, fine tune what you're good at. Yeah, and just you mentioned about your why, your, your passion. So in order to have a successful business, especially like at that time, right? 14 years ago, you were at the rock bottom. Sure. So is that the why, your passion to pull you up? Is that, um, elaborate a little bit on that? I would, I would say yes and no. Um, yes, I, my fear of being broke and homeless again, and, and just having that as a man, that uncertainty, I couldn't provide for my my family at that time, my ex-wife, we went through, you know, hell. And it was due to not, I, I never blame or point fingers. It was due to me being the entrepreneur that sacrifices everything because I have a dream in my head mm. yet I didn't realize and do, do, I didn't do the due diligence with my performance and watching my numbers to say that, Hey, this is not going to work out. What I'm doing is not performing. I was too aggressive with my own internal greed for what Jesse wanted. I, I'm, I'm a personal trainer. I, I want to own a gym but I didn't have the business savvy to look at my numbers, study my numbers and say, Hey, <laughs> next year, the following year, I'm still not making money with what I'm doing. This isn't going to work. So um, a lot of it was my own fault. And I think you need to, as an entrepreneur, look in the mirror often. You need to look forward and figure out, is this business going to work? And then the second thing, uh, Angeline, that made me figure out my why was I spent a better part of 14 to 15 years being a bodybuilding coach. I was an active bodybuilder, a competitive, a champion bodybuilder. I trained a lot of champion bikini athletes, bodybuilding athletes, and figure athletes. Mm. And I was trophy hunting. And I I tied my success to winning another trophy for somebody. And ooh, mm. I, when I retired from bodybuilding, I was still winning by helping people win. So I thought that's what made me great. And that's what that was my that made, hey, I'm Jesse James. I won another show that was short lived because I was always going after the next high, the next contest. And it was, it just wasn't fulfilling me. I was still lost. It wasn't until I realized that what I've been doing and when I had a woman cry to me and thank me because she lost 50 pounds, she actually felt beautiful again. She mm -hmm. felt sexy is the word she used. I feel sexy again at 50 years old. It, it, it I think you have to be at a point in your life for something to actually affect you. And at that point, when she said that to me, it resonated and I was like, you know what? I, my life's not about chasing trophies and help people get leaner and seeing their ego blow up. My life is about changing lives. And I, I changed everything about my business. That whole year, I focused on lifestyle, wellness, the cleanliness of my studio, the, the way they feel when they walk in. 300 pounds, 400 pounds, it doesn't matter. You're welcome in my studio. And that, so that was my turning point to my whys. 2010, maybe 2009. And right. I'm glad I'm glad you said that, Jesse, because that reminds me, like me and Rob, right? We're actually running our own uh, financial services company. And I also, by you sharing that, it remind me years ago when I first come to this country, I was so after success, driven by the money, driven by the fame, right? That's what. But at the, to the point that when you hit this goal and what's next, right? It's the empty hole. It can never fill until now. I realized that. Life, it's all about driven by money, by success. It's all about making a difference, just like the lady that you help, right? Losing how many pounds and feel young again. And the, the smile, the, the energy, the life that we create for them, that's very fulfilling. Yes, yes, it is. Um, you know, I was just at a wedding last night of a young man that worked for me for a little under three years, Javier. 
and my wife and I had a conversation about this last night. He, um, they had a baby last a little over a year ago. She and his his now wife is pregnant again with a new baby. And Javier had to let me know that he was going to be leaving us because he picked up a job. And we offer insurance, but not like the package he received, where he got great insurance for the newborn baby as well. So that hit me hard because he was like a son to us and our whole team here. Mm. Yeah. We, I was actually, he asked me to be in his wedding. So I was in his wedding last night. It meant the world to me. And on the drive home, my wife and I were talking about what it meant to us. The fact that he even reached out to me and asked me to be in his wedding. Um, I'm so proud of him and wanting him to go off into his life and do well. But because of the direction I took in my life and the business that I had, it gave me the opportunity to have a young man in my business that I was able to mentor. My wife and I, we don't have kids. So a lot of my, a lot of my people that I either work with or have trained, I, I see them as kids, even though some of my clients are older than me, but what the content you get a chance to deliver to people, I yeah. think it's so important and relevant. And we don't think enough about that, but I found that out years ago that I need to come to work and I have to have intent behind everything I do. I better deliver really good content because people leave with that. And this young man, was a kind of representation of our studio and the my trainers and the people that put into him developed a really well-rounded young man at 22 years old, I believe. And uh, so that's why I do this. And I was so thankful and talked to my wife, Tiffany, about how lucky we are because we get a chance to be a part of people's lives. Beautiful. Rob, anything that you would love to add? Absolutely. Yeah. So I heard you talking about mentors and, mm -hmm. and, and with that, I want to I wanna circle back a little bit to the moment that uh, you were actually you know, hitting the proverbial rock bottom, right? You were going through your personal challenges back then with uh, with the ex-wife and your family and ended up, you know, having to live from the car. But you also said that at that moment, you really stripped away all fat, as you call it, from the business and took a deep dive in what truly matters. So yeah. I was wondering, did you have people around you back then that that kind of made you aware of these things or what was your process because i i feel that a lot of people we we have a lot of uh people in the audience that are currently building the business but sometimes we tend to go on over and over again doing the same things hoping for different results right but but you said it it's really awareness and then and then evaluating so can you talk a little bit about that process how did you take that deep dive when you were in in not such a great place mm -hmm. yeah rob uh, what you said man is i got goosebumps because i as an entrepreneur as you start scaling not even meaning multiple locations but scaling your revenue and the growth and your mental growth you have a bunch of you can sometimes have a bunch of leeches on you that are just clinging to you and I don't, this is going to sound very rough, but it is rough because it's your life and it's your personal life and it's everything you have. I, I surrounded myself with a bunch of people that were a part of my life with my previous way of thinking for years. I mean, I, I was, I mean, again, I'm not gonna lie. I was, I was a drug dealer for many years in my twenties. I screwed up a lot in my life to figure out who I wanted to be as a man. I was still friends and I hired those people to work with me that were my friends back there when Jesse, you know, 1.0 was down here and I, I you know I, I look at my life as I upgrade my platform every year you know like like yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um I did not do that back then I didn't have the mental education or the surroundings and I had a bunch of cancers around me and as I elevated my thinking I do one to two audiobooks a, a month to 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 train this brain up here um just to think differently 
as I was growing, people around me weren't. You have jealousy, you have animosity. As I started making more money, I realized that people that were my friends when I had a bad marriage, when I was broke and barely able to pay my bills, getting eviction calls, get my truck repoed, they were my friends because they loved being around misery. And their thinking was still down here as opposed to up here. Um, I think it's so important as an entrepreneur to, again, cut away that fat because that fat, it just weighs you down and it destroys you. And I was destroyed for many years. Um, again, it wasn't until I realized, again, through my audio books and then later on podcasts, mm. I had to change my, my, change my way of thinking so I can change my surroundings. Because what you, hit, what you said earlier, Rob, I would wish and think that some of the people in my business, and these are people that work for me, would change. Mm -hmm. I would have talks yeah. with them. But I realized that you can't change toxic thinking. They have to want to change it. Mm -hmm. So through business coaching and bringing on uh, coaches, I learned a long time ago, if you want to grow and be great at anything, you better have a coach. Mm. I've had different business coaches and different people I follow. And I learned to cut out immediately toxic thinking people that were destroying my business. Go away. Go, go be you somewhere else. But you're not going to be here at Jesse James Fitness or my outlaw company. Yes. Yeah. So and then I also realized that it was my leadership, you know, my bad surrounding and me hating to go to my work. There was a point in my my life for two years. I hated my company. I hated the, I hated coming to work. And that's a strong word. But I did not like the way I felt. I didn't like the people I had with me. But it wasn't their fault. It was my fault as a leader. I was too weak. And it, again, it wasn't until I got coaching and I understood that if I have this commitment to excellence, I better not change my my thinking. They need to change their thinking or I need to rehire people that think and want to be where I want to be at. So I just do, do you call this taking personal responsibility? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You got to look in the mirror and uh, call yourself out on your own BS. You know, I'm you got to look in that mirror and sometimes you're your worst enemy. You, you know, I destroyed me. I led me to being broke. I, I led myself to do a lot of dumb stuff, but I also, it was up to me to lead myself out of that hole I was in. So that's yeah. incredible. So just for, for our audience as a reminder, so that was in Texas and in what year was that? Uh, I think I want to say God, it was 14 years ago, 15 years ago when I lost everything. And then I started over, yeah, about 14 years ago. So what year is that? 2007, eight, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Around that. About yeah. That. Yeah. About two, seven, eight, eight, seven or eight. And incredible. I spent 10 years before that with a gym before that same thing, toxic, toxic. And I just did not learn as a man, you know? So, so maybe Angeline, like what, what, what would be a great segue right now? Because I see the timeline, right? We're, we're trying to piece the, the pieces together to your story here. But what I'm hearing, uh, Jesse, is that in 2008, right, you, you really hit that personal low point in your life, but where you had to, you were forced to rethink everything. And, and, and because of your audio books and, and the reading that you were doing, you're giving yourself a upgrade. And, and mm. I love that because, you know, you give your computer or your cell phone an upgrade. So why not the brain, your yeah. own personal thinking? Well, you know, what's so important too, after my, my divorce, you know, um, I, I actually got counseling. I went to marriage counseling before that, but I continued with it after mainly because I had a rough childhood, you know, mm. rough, rough Los Angeles, LA, single mom raised me. So I had a lot of crap I had to deal with as a youth, great mm. mom, but just, we had a rough life. 
I have found that if you don't reprogram things, you carry a lot of that thinking, that training. And that was my normal. My life was normal like that. I carried that into everything I did, my my friendships, my marriage at that time. Mm. It wasn't all my ex's fault. It was me. So when we got divorced, I made sure I went to counseling and I dug deep and I found out that I was a screw up. I was a crappy husband plenty of times. I made poor, selfish decisions. And I wanted to make sure that when I was fortunate enough to meet my next woman in my dreams, that I didn't bring the old shit, excuse me, crappy Jesse into my new life. So when I met my wife, Tiffany, I was already working on myself and I brought forward, again, I'm far from perfect, but I'm a lot better than the man I was 15 years ago. I brought forth a different man for her to marry and to fall in love with. And I fell in love with her, but it also changed the standards of what I was looking for. So. Yeah. Yeah. And is important. And I just want to point it out, like Jesse, uh, I really honor you here, like being so vulnerable and take fully responsibility for your own uh, for your own success and failure. Right. And willing to make um, improvement because that that's huge. And many people we have seen, right, they always pointing finger. Oh, it's because yeah. my wife, my this and my dad. That's why I'm 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 like this, right? So, yeah. and the reason you have your the success that you have today, it's number one. I believe that you're willing to tell the truth because truth will set you free. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think. How do you? So, I mean, I, I I I admit that I was a mess. I was a messed up young man. I I admit that I screwed up a bunch. I I hurt a lot of people in my past, and I live my life now because I had a second chance. I mean, people took chances on me. And I didn't take that for granted. So now my goal is to do well, live a good life. And the goal is, I think, as an entrepreneur, you better think about your legacy. What are you leaving behind? I don't have, we don't have children. I have my two dogs and my wife and I, those are our babies. But I also have a lot of my people around me, our franchisees, and they're my family. You know, I don't want to say kids, but I, I love them. And I, I think of them as like my family and I want their success. So I think if you leave, if you do everything with the intentions of what legacy am I going to leave behind? How many lives did I change with my fitness business? How many people did I empower through our franchise model to change lives and feel what I feel, which is I wake up, I feel good about what I do every day. What my job, I have no regrets other than just not doing this earlier in life. That's incredible. And, and and I agree. Thank you so much for sharing because I think it's these stories that a lot of people, right? They always hear the success stories and it's so easy to look at people, especially if you look on the internet and YouTube and you look at the success, but people rarely see the journey. And, and this is the journey right there. But but what I would like to make right now is, is I would like to make that segue because now we know of where how you got started and where your drive and purpose comes from. And, and that's beautiful. But can you share with us a little bit that pivotal moment, right? That that enlightening moment for you where you made the shift to one location, right? From one location hitting your first million dollars. Maybe talk to us a little bit about, first of all, how that felt when you hit it. And then what did you do? Because you didn't stop there, right? You continue to grow and expand that lets you to multiple locations. So can you take us through that shift? That's easy, uh, <laughs> Rob, because this, it, it, you're right. It ties into a lot of what I went through and what we just recently talked about. The cancers that I had in my facility, my business, this is, again, this is my baby. I sacrificed everything. I mean, I lost, 
home. My credit was destroyed. You know, when you lose everything, and so it took me years to rebuild my credit, my credibility, my money, everything. And in that process, I had those bits of cancer in my studio. I would, we made a large amount of money off of having a large amount of people in here with a large amount of people. We had a lot of toxic thinking on and off. I realized that I would not want to duplicate what I had and go through what I had to make another million again in, in a South Lake, Texas, a Dallas, Texas, in Austin. I would need, you know, to have a 7,000 square foot facility, you're looking at a million bucks or more to start another one of these up. And then the headaches of managing that much trainers, a lot of drama. Mm-hmm. We have an incredible fine tuned machine now, and that's due to my leadership, not me, my leadership team here. Um, my wife, my leadership team, Richard, Deidre, Oscar, all my people that run my location are, are incredible. I didn't have that before, but I thought about just, all right, how can I do this and not give myself the drama and the stress and the anxiety, mm-hmm. scale it down. We, we did that million dollars without group fitness is all personal training, which was unheard of all personal training revenue, all on EFTs, you know, recycled money, you know, every guaranteed revenue every month. Yeah. Uh, I brought it down to about 3000 square feet was my first one. It was 2014. I left a mastermind group in San Diego and I had this epiphany in the airport of all this stuff. I heard them talking about again, um, Angeline, we you go back to our conversation earlier about you look at the market and what they're doing, right. What they're doing wrong. I was a part of a mastermind group around 2013, 14 of the top fitness studios in North America. And all of them complained about the same thing. They were all trying to having a, a pit stop at a revenue number. So I got in the airport and I go, all right, well, let's put together personal training. Let's do group fitness. Let's minimize the chaos. They're all trying to fit 30 to 40 people in a group fitness room. Well, we all know the more people means more chaos and less quality. And being a personal trainer, I'm all about quality of the detail. So we, I developed Outlaw in an airport and flew back, was obsessed about it, put it together and opened it up farther away from my current location in Little Elm, Texas a town that probably didn't really hear a Jesse James fitness and all my contest stuff changed the name. My wife picked the name, Tiffany picked that outlaw name, which tied in with Jesse James. Mm. And we opened up far enough away and we did not piggyback off my brand and my, my reputation here in, in flower mound to see if it worked. And it took off the culture, the workouts, people loved it. We started editing the personal training, the hybrid model, the trainers, made more money so they weren't bouncing around from studio to studio because they they're only doing group fitness they don't make enough money and that was one of the things i heard so now our trainers can make great money personal training at a studio but they also teach the classes too so they make another 20 to 25 30 dollars a class so now they can make you know a good amount 60 70 thousand a year out of a training studio when in group fitness they have to have either a spouse or a full-time job and yet they're passionate about teaching but they can't make enough money that didn't make sense to me because i love what i do but Mm -hmm. i also need to pay my bills so outlaw enabled me a trainer to create something for trainers that an owner would really love because they have higher retention of their employees their employees are now invested in that location so it means you're not constantly chasing that money so that's what led me to do this was i didn't want to go through the drama that i had with a big place Mm -hmm. we can do to four employees in an outlaw and make a great amount of money out of a location um, and have less overhead, less stress, less build out. And now I can duplicate this. So all of that led to me wanting to go, hey, let's do something different. 2017, 18, I decided to think about franchising. I, I initially planned on doing corporate locations, 
but I just didn't want, I was getting, oh, I'm getting older. I don't want to, I don't want to deal with all that and that growing. When franchising, I can come up with a beautiful plan, fine tune it. We worked through the best attorneys out there to get our FDD developed or our disclosure documents and our agreements. We brought on one of the best operations manual writing guys, um, Kit Vincent. He designed our, our franchise operations manual on how to run location. We spent a lot of money on that. So now when people buy one, they have the proper tools, everything there to run a location. And now it's them, it's their investment, their money. And we just bring on the leadership and the education portion of it. And Tiffany, my wife, the CEO of the company, does an incredible job of helping with the education as well and the leadership of our company. So, and, and, I, and I, I think I'm more fulfilled too, and our team is too, leading people to be great leaders and entrepreneurs, yes. not owning locations and telling people what to do and having employees. Yeah. Yeah. So you really not just helping like a lot of personal trainer, they they're trading time for the money, like selling me. Yep. But what I'm seeing in you, you you give them opportunity, a platform for them to become a big business owner, to own their own business. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. And, and we go a step farther and you know, once you have a franchise, it's up to you to run your location. It's up to you to bring on your own coaching and your leadership and learning. We have things in motion and you know, things you have to meet and quotas and, and rules to follow. But we also, I think it's important just because I didn't have this as a young entrepreneur, we also really try to help them out understand here, here's why you don't want to do this. Here's why you're going to spend more money on this. Here's how you're going to, you're going to make mistakes by doing this with your employees. Here's why you should cut your classes back. We try to educate them. So we're not just making money off of a royalty, but their net is important. How much they're making is important because they're learning the minute details. It's not about just your top end revenue. It's about watching your payroll, your ad spend. So you're actually making more money. So I, I try to email and talk to our teams and our franchisees about, hey, here's the business portion of it. Here's how much money you guys lost because your closing ratio was off. So we go that extra mile of teaching them the business aspect of it, not just, hey, you didn't meet the rules and you didn't follow this. Oh, no, no. Here's how you're going to lose your butt, guys. Yeah, you <laughs> 300, 400, 500,000 a year. Mm. But if your expenses are 400,000 a year, that doesn't leave you a lot. But if you make yeah. you know, 300,000 a year and your expenses are 150, that's a nice little nest egg there. So you actually go above and beyond to teach them the, the skill set about how to run a successful business. Yeah, yeah. And I, you, you, yes, we do that. And obviously, you have to be willing to want to learn but yeah mm -hmm. i want to give them that platform because i think that's so much more beneficial by year two year three is being taught some of this these things to help make you money and save you money yeah because i want to minimize the mistakes that i made over 18 20 years mm. i think if i do if we do that they're going to be much more successful they're going to love owning a business they're not going to go through the dumb mistakes i made as wanting to be best friends with everybody and not following a rule you know it's just so so what I'm seeing that the, the biggest advantage is by having a franchise with you, right? With you, Jesse, it's not number one, the leadership, right? Number two, the, the business skill set. And uh, the most important thing I see, it's your heart that you're caring. And you, you pretty much develop a business in the box and handing to people, right? It's up to them that are you going to use and be coachable and apply what I teach you? Yes. Right? Yep. And you not only learn from my success, but the most important thing is you learn from my mistakes so yeah. that it doesn't cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars or even millions and the time. Yes, you That's can't do it. Yeah, about owning a franchise business with you. And my question for you is, uh, Jesse, like I see a lot of 
personal trainer or a person, right? They want to own their own business. Like they, they want to have a franchise with, with you, right? But they may not have a lot of capital to start. And yeah. what kind of suggestion or advice that you will give to that group of people? You know, um, one, make sure you're, you're, make sure you're wanting to do it. I tell people all the time, I have people talk to me, oh, I want to own my own gym or I want to own my own personal training studio. Mm -hmm. And I tell them, hey, make sure you have this right, because you can be a great trainer doing really well at a lifetime, having 35, 40 clients mm. is when you leave and you try to take those clients with you. Was it you or was it lifetime handing those people to you and your personality you just did a great job? Because those people are going to eventually leave. You're going to have some turnover. What are you going to do? What advertising uh, are you going to spend to pull new people in? You go from making, let's say a trainer is making 5,000 a month at lifetime, 4,000, 5,000 a month at lifetime. They think they can make now seven, eight because it's all their money and they open up a brick and mortar. Well, now they're spending three to 5,000 a month in overhead operation capital. Yeah. So I just tell people, make sure you do your due diligence, your homework. Um, if you're looking for a franchise, make sure you have one family and your circle of influence that is pushing you to grow into something, not the leeches that are saying, oh my God, don't do it. You have to be careful because sometimes people don't think like you, family and friends don't think like an entrepreneur. They're scared and they have mm -hmm. that scarcity mindset. And they're like, it's not, I'm not trying to be mean, but that sheepish mentality of no, just go to work, make money, <laughs> you save. Um, I had that in my life and I'm like, no, I'm going to run. I'm going to do what I want to do. Mm -hmm. um, surround yourself with the right people that are giving you the right advice. And, and then have your savings back. You have to go into this capitalized, right? We are SBA approved so they can do 401k rollovers. There's a lot of things we can do with a franchisee to help them get their cash mm -hmm. where they can qualify to open a franchise. But I tell people, just make sure you go into it right. Whether it's buying a franchise or opening your own brick and mortar business, make sure you're not undercapitalized. Very important to know your numbers, do a pro forma plan, make sure you your idea is gonna make you money, not only this year, but in three and four years, and then I also tell people, always do your numbers off of, for me, my personal thing, I like doing them off my worst case scenario, like really low conservative numbers, not what I know my my best clients are paying here. Yeah. What's my average? What have we been averaging the last couple of years? Let's build my model off that and then I can scale off that. Some people tend to look at their highest paid customer and they build their whole business off that when it's maybe, it could be 10% of their revenue or their money. So. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And, and I'm glad that you say that because I believe that when people want to start a business, number one, you need to have your mindset, right? You, you need to understand it's going to take work, right? You yeah. may not have client right away. So you want to have some emergency fund or some fund save up to going through that uh, when you're building that phase, right? Yeah. And that's very important. And also know your numbers, like don't just think about the growth because we are in the financial services industry. We have seen people like, oh, I, when I my money grow, it's amazing. And I always ask, what if what's the worst thing it can happen? Oh, lose it all. So if it's lose it all, are you OK with that? No. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I'm glad we shared that the same uh, philosophy. I know uh, time is so. Uh, you know, I wish you have more time with you. And and before we, we wrapping up, I really want to ask this question on behalf of the young entrepreneurs, because in our group, right, we work with a lot of young adults in their 20s to start building their business. So I want you to uh, can you give them some advice, right? Look back when you in your 20s, what what kind of advice that you can give this young adult to empower them to to go further and higher 
in their career. In, in yeah, their career. yeah, good, good call. I think there's a couple of things I'll, I'll leave everybody with. One, never submit your ego at the door. Never think you know everything. Put your ego aside, be willing to learn. I had to learn that about seven, eight years ago. I put my ego aside and I, I'm willing to learn. Two, hire a coach. Oh. When I was bodybuilding, I had a coach. The best, most of my people won because they had me as a coach. I, if you want to be the best and great at something, every every incredible champion has a coach. So always be coachable. I think when we leave college and high school, uh, and I never went to college, a high school dropout, I got my GED. I'm again, transparent. <laughs> yes. I made it this far, um, but I was coachable. Um, I was looking for leadership. So be open-minded, open your heart up, ego aside, and be coachable. The next thing, take psychotic action. Mm. Go to all these seminars. They read all these books. They do all these podcasts. Mm -hmm. Go back to their normal life. Be Take crazy action off of what you learn and then cut out the negative people. Nasty people go away. I, right. I, I, I cut, I'm those gone. <laughs> I need to write those things down. It's so yeah. great that the advice that you just give it to me. No. Yeah. And Jesse, I, I have one more thing that I'm curious about. Um, sure. So this is, right, you have shared with us today an incredible timeline from, from the early beginnings to losing it all to today, right? You have built your empire. You're sitting on this fitness franchise and, and you're growing, you're continuing to grow and you have so much momentum going on. But if you would advise our audiences that are currently building a business or they having a business, but they're looking to scale, right? Just like you did, they're looking to scale. What would you say to them if, if they're currently on the fence, right? They're maybe doing their due diligence, just like you recommended, right? They're working on their game plan. But what would really propel them forward uh, and, and maybe share from your own experience? What Was it a mindset shift? Was it just simply being bold and go for it? Like, what would you say to them? Yeah, it's, 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 it's tough because it's a culmination of everything. One is, yeah, you got to be bold. I didn't, I don't give a crap what people think. I knew what I wanted to do. I did my numbers and I was in a, nothing gets in my way. There, if there's a wall, I go through it or I go around it or I scale it, but it doesn't stop me. So you have to have that kind of mindset and that mentality that nothing or nobody will stop me from what I know I have in in my head. You mentioned empire. It's funny because I don't feel like I have an empire. I have like a small town right now, but in my head, in my head, I have an empire that I'm wanting to create. I'm doing everything I have because I want to build up a crazy ass empire of franchises. And that's what I want to leave behind. Right now, I got a nice little town and it's getting bigger by the by the year. Yeah. <laughs> but I have yeah, an empire yeah. mindset, so I love that. But I think um, people just really got to find, if you're looking to get into a business, and you guys probably, obviously, you're, you're successful. You already did this. You have to find the problem. And mine was, I found the problem with weight loss, lifestyle, wasn't contest stuff. They don't have enough money to pay to be a consistent source of revenue. But weight loss and lifestyle, if given the right amount of value, they can pay and it's a good recurring revenue. And we, we we built our brand off that. So you find a problem, you get you create an incredible solution, and then you build a beautiful brand around that. So I think if people want to start a business, one, look at what the problem is. Don't just do a business because I want to start a business. What is the problem? What's your target market you're going after? Don't just grab everybody. Who are you looking for? What's your client avatar, your avatar? And then build your model around that segment of audience, not just the whole world because I want to. <laughs> 
I want to sell these earplugs and buy them now. Yes. You know, so. <laughs> hey, and Jesse, like, do you think it's helpful? You touched on this already a few times, mentors and coaches, right? But do you think it's helpful in this journey, right? You, you are going at it for, for over 20 years now. But do you think it's helpful to, in that journey, to surround yourself with people that are either like-minded or even thinking better and bigger than you? Oh, man. Good Man, beautiful thing to, t to end on. I think that's the most important thing. I, I have now all my friendships now, you know, I've, whether it was by my own doing or the man above watching out for me saying, hey, dude, you're too stupid. Get rid of these people. And he would pluck them out of my life because I was too um, soft. Um, so again, I think it's happened both ways by my choice or by the man above saying, dude, you got some bad people in here. I'm going to pluck them out of your life one by one. Mm -hmm. I think really important to get rid of those nasty ass people that weigh you down mm. don't want you successful or happy and now my friendships my business partners everybody that i have in my life are so devoted so loving so incredible mm. they all want greatness for me i want greatness for them i live and make decisions for my business partners i want to make this grow i want them proud that they invested in me mm. same with our franchisees and i think you have to really focus in on that i'm also friends with a lot of people that I have a great mentor, a friend of mine named Robert, that is one of the guy has been a major part of my life. He's one of the top franchise owners in the world for a large, uh, a large company and just retired. But he has been a mentor of mine and very successful, not only financially, millions, but his wife, and his family. And he's the man that I want to be like down the road and even now. Mm -hmm. So I think it's important to surround yourself with people that you want to be like that are better than you because eventually you'll get there. If you're hanging around people lesser than you all the time and that's your your immediate circle, you're never going to grow or have an interest to want to be better. So I, I wish I would have learned that 20 years ago, but I didn't. It's that's my yeah. first life. I'm here. I'm at for a reason. But yeah. I think we all wish we have learned this way sooner than we did. Um, but, yeah. but, but, but I love to hear uh, and that you're confirming that, because I think from all the successful people that we have on the show, I, I think Angeline might agree with this. We start to see common patterns, right? Mm -hmm. And we can certainly attest to this in our own personal journeys, but we start to see the common patterns from all of our guests, from people that are incredibly successful. And I find it very beautiful that not only do you build beautiful businesses, but you're also creating success in all areas of life. And, and I think that that is the true definition of success. So I, I, I really, really find it a, a, a very impactful story. And, and I'm sure for a lot of the, especially the fitness people in the audience today, they're going to love this and, and listening to, to the inspiration here today and, and also the actionable advice that you have given here. Absolutely. Yeah. So Jesse, I know you, you're a very busy man and thank you so much for, for taking the time here and, and, and empower right, our audience and share your wisdom and knowledge and experience. And how do people get in touch with you? And I, I know that you bring amazing gift, very generous of you. Um, can you, can you tell our audience, our community, how do they get in touch with you and know more about what you do? Yeah. Yeah. Well, first I want to say, Rob and Angelina, thank you so much for having me on, the, on your show. I, I can't thank you enough for what you guys do to bring the value to an audience because it's it's nice to have heartfelt, intuitive information brought to people. And I appreciate what you guys do by sharing this platform. Thank um, you. People can find me. They can find me on you know LinkedIn, you know Jesse James Leva, Facebook, our our website outlawfitcamp.com. They can reach me through there as well. 
Um, pretty easy to find, just Jesse James Labor or Jesse James Outlaw. Usually I pull up, but um, yeah, pretty easy to find. And whether it's mentoring, training, you know, I love to help people and be part of their lives. So any value I can bring, I, I want to be part of. So thank you. And, Jesse, and, and I know that uh, since you are an actual location, which is uh, really nice because in this day and age, right, there's a lot of business online but it's actually nice to have a retail store uh, yeah. among our midst. So I know that you brought something special today for the people who want to take advantage. And we encourage this and we might even take advantage of that. Yes. But fitness is so important to, to remain, you know, to keep healthy because what, what, what does success truly mean or financial success if you cannot be around to enjoy it with good health, right? So could you please share with us how can people claim a free pass for the uh, fitness change or any of the locations. And I even believe that you're willing to throw in some personal coaching in there. Uh, so can you talk about that process? Absolutely. They can go to our outlawfitcamp.com website and that's outlawfitcamp, F-I-T-C-A-M-P, um, not bootcamp, but fitcamp. fitcamp. Um, yeah. That's the website. They can find a location and they can hit it, reach out to them and we'll get them, hook them up on a free week pass to try the fit camp classes, which is, there's when people have said they've done boot camps, they've never done what what we designed, what I have. It's it's incredible, and they will love it. Um, and they will also give them that two personal training sessions because that's a nice value. But again, yeah. it gives them the idea of what's the best fit for them. You know, not just fitness, but what's the best fit for their life and what they're needing at that time. But and our franchisees, their teams, you'd be amazed. You can go from each location. The culture is beautiful at all these locations because our franchisees are incredible people. They brought on, you remember I told you drink the same Kool-Aid. We all drink the same Kool-Aid, love devotion to our customers. You can go to one location, go to the next, and you'll still feel that same love and camaraderie. So we have seven locations, they can reach out to them and we'll take care of them on those passes and I'd love to do anything we can to help them out. Thank mm -hmm. you. So go to outlawfitcamp.com. Yes, yes. Right? Yep. Great, great. Excellent. Yeah, Rob? Yeah, so, so yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'm, I'm encouraging our audience here watching the show that if you got value from today's episode, right, I really encourage you to pay this forward. Now there's also no more excuse why you cannot get into fitness, right? If you feel trapped still during, uh, during COVID-19 and the pandemic, and if you might experience some, some restrictions still in, in your personal surroundings, right? Like Jesse, they, they designed a model to, to really, give you that comfort and uh, uh, the comfortability to work out in a clean environment, uh, of course, complying with all the rules. So there's no more excuse not to take advantage of this and connect with uh, Jesse to, to find out more about his story and about the things that he does, or even better, if you want to learn how to franchise, I highly recommend to connect as well, because this is a tremendous opportunity. And for now, Jesse, I, I really, want to thank you for coming on and being so transparent with us and sharing the story. I think that's where most of the value is, the personal breakthroughs. And I really, really had so much value on today's episode. Uh, so thank you so much. And, and hopefully, you know, throughout this year, because I know that you're growing and expanding, perhaps we can do this again, bring you back on when perhaps you're going to have some more franchise uh, sheets in, in the portfolio. And we can talk about that uh, from that perspective. So I would love to have you back at one point. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you, Jesse. Thanks, Rob. And wish our community have amazing, abundant life. See you next week. 
Absolutely. Thank you. Bye, everyone.